welcome to Creative Block. I'm your host, V. Gene uh, is out doing some Q-bomb stuff, so he'll be back shortly. And for today, it's all me. Um, we interview people in creative industries about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Caitlin Van Arsdale. Hey, is, did I hey. say your last name right? Yep, <laughs> no, yep. yeah. Van Arsdale, that's right. Yep, it's, it's, if you, it sounds the way it's spelled. <laughs> ah, amazing. I'm always like, I'm always like, I should ask the guests beforehand how to pronounce every, and then I forget, and then I, I put myself in this predicament. Um, but yeah, Caitlin, I met you uh, at Sony, and you've had like a really amazing career, uh, both working in TV, in feature, doing boards, now directing. Uh, and I kind of want to take it back to kind of the moment you decided to go into animation. Was it always animation that you were going for? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I started out, I started out, well, I wanted to be a biologist, actually. And then I, I was going to go to school f- for that. But then uh, my parents like really didn't want me to leave. Uh, I was living in Southern California. I grew up in the military. My dad was in the military. So we moved around like every two years. But I went to high school in San Diego. And I was planning on going to college in Colorado. Um, and my parents were like, no, stay here. Like, we want you to stay in. Um, so I stayed in Southern California, uh, because they said they would help me, uh, financially with like living situation if I stayed. Mm. Um, and you know, taking out student loans is, is intense, you know, so I didn't want to, so I decided to stay. Um, I went to school for, I started out in graphic design and then I switched over to advertising, hated both. Uh, <laughs> and then I sort of like, I sort of, uh, dropped out of school and, and just worked at SeaWorld for a couple of years. <laughs> ah, that's where the biology came in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I worked at, I worked at SeaWorld for a company called Commons Art Shops. Um, and it was like, uh, caricatures and name paintings, you know, you can get like your name painted with like animals and stuff in it. Mm. Um, so I did that. And then through that, I like, actually, that's kind of how I met a lot of people that were in the industry at first because there were a lot of people at that at that company who were like trying to get into animation and I was like oh I didn't even know that was like a thing that people did (laughs) that's so interesting I didn't know that like but I mean we had a guest previously Carl Hedricka for anyone who's been listening to podcasts for a while who also did caricatures at a uh at a park for a while that's I think that's something that we need to talk about more y'all like <laughs> anyone listening caricatures at a park it's fine you can do it <laughs> yeah I mean it I, I actually think doing caricatures is 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 actually a pretty helpful tool for to build your um like drawing confidence because you kind of have to like really draw on demand with pen and you, you you can't really if you mess up you know it's like you have to start all over again you know what I mean so if it's like yeah. If you practice that enough, like your, your hand gets steadier, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I and you agree. just, you develop like a, a drawing sensibility out of that. Um, Especially yeah, for so, boards. Yeah. That's really good for boards. Yeah. And, you know, and at the time, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to draw very well at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of was like, oh, I like to draw, but I, I, I'm not good at it. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any training. Um, and I thought, okay, maybe I, maybe art is something I want to do with my life. 
uh, and then uh, I went to school, I decided to go to school, but I went to school for traditional illustration uh, at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Mm. Um, and so I, I moved to San Francisco. I was there for about four and a half years um, pursuing that degree. Uh, and, uh, you know, a bunch of really intense stuff happened in my life during that time, like yeah. <laughs> dramatic <laughs> things happened. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I ended up studying abroad for a little bit, which was amazing. Uh, but I was, I was really focused on traditional illustration. Like I thought, okay, I'm going to do children's books or editorial illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, when, I, after all this, like sort of traumatic, whatever happened, I was like, I was working f- like 30, 40 hours a week at, uh, the Apple store. <laughs> and I was oh, like, really? I, yeah. That's, that's and I was so trying funny. to, I was trying to do like, like school full time at the same time. It was awful. Right. Oh, wow. Do you feel like it was like intense working? Like, because we've had a previous guest as well, Jim Mortensen, who had like a pretty long career at the Apple store before going into animation. So do you feel like there's like any experiences that you had at the store that helped you in animation later on? Um, I definitely think, well, to some degree, yes. I mean, I got to know the programs really well. I, I, I eventually was made into like one of those creative specialists, you know, so I would like mm-hmm. sit there. Basically what that means is I would sit at the computer and I would help like old people learn how to use software, um, <laughs> um, which was actually really lovely. Like, you know, Aww. people just coming in to learn from you and stuff. It, it was really mm-hmm. nice. And, and, and I got to know the computers really well because of that, you know, so in some ways I do think it was helpful. I also think, you know, a lot of creative people were working at that working at the store and you know people who were kind of like tech savvy or who like were artists themselves and so uh I liked it for that reason yeah Um, but it was it was it was just really hard to be doing that because it was like they required you to work a minimum of uh four days a week right uh and you know doing that at the same time as doing full-time art school was not yeah how did you how did you make it work was it that the classes were could you move your which was the schedule that you moved around to accommodate or did you have to talk to both your school and at the store to kind of make both of the schedules kind of uh, um work together I kind of I kind of just sacrificed my uh mental health <laughs> <laughs> Like, you, you know, you just kind of like, you, you know, you can choose your schedule. So you at, at, at school, at least. So I would, you know, I would just kind of try yeah. to uh, have a schedule that like, you know, I would, I would have enough time to like get to my, my, my shifts or whatever. And then, you know, at, at the Apple store, they'd have like, generally speaking, like what your schedule is every week, like it was okay. pretty regular. Mm-hmm. So once I figured that out, it was fine. It was just a lot because I had, I was, you know, I was taking public transit 45 minutes each way right yeah there and you know and then you know the academy of art university the the campus is like all over this the city so like you don't really have um it's not consistent like you're you're traveling all over the city all the time so it's just like it was it was awesome in terms of like just a life experience but it was you know it was just really difficult to keep up with that and classes and homework and all of that stuff at the same time you know what I mean yeah, and that was like when you were studying still illustration, uh, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the time, uh, I had a bunch of friends, actually from SeaWorld and, and other places who ended up working in, in animation, and I had ended up with a bunch of friends who worked at Pixar, um, and so I was 
hanging out up there at the studio all the time but it was still one of those things where like animation just felt very like unattainable to me it felt like oh you need to be like really really good to do something like that Mm -hmm. and uh I just didn't feel like I was good enough or that like I ever really would be good enough you know what I mean yeah Um, yeah. and so I kind of it it kind of to me like it didn't even really cross my mind that it was like something that I would maybe be able to do um and so you know uh that that idea didn't even like reach my brain until a little later in life <laughs> you know that's really cool though I like that you mentioned that because uh we do get and we'll, we we do have a question from one of our patrons that is about like age and getting into animation uh actually I'll just ask it now since it since it's kind of relevant to uh how you took a little detour before going into animation uh from Joe Benson uh one of our patrons um he asks, sometimes I worry I'll get to be too old to be in the animation industry. So I wondered, I just wondered a couple of things. Do you have any older workers in your group? And is it a crutch? And like, and do you, did you feel that way as well? Like uh, when you were kind of thinking like, oh, I'm not good enough to get into animation. Uh, is it too late? All of those kind of like in that realm of. Uh, so we, so we, you mean like, do I think it's, it's a crutch to say I'm too old. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm also saying kind of like, did you feel like you were too old to go into animation? Did you feel like you kind of missed a train? And um, I definitely, there was a point in my life. I, I, I did get to a certain age where I thought, okay, am I, am I screwing up right now? You know, because I, I, you know, I was in school at that point. It was like, you know, I, I, gone this is the second time I'd gone to school I still like I I ended up leaving that school as well because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it anymore um and I and I sort of felt like you know I'm I'm I wasn't old but I was I was you know at that point when I left San Francisco and left the school I think I was 22 and I you know and I I still didn't know what I wanted to do I still didn't like feel you know feel very strongly about my skill level I didn't feel like I um had an idea of like where my career was going and I felt like people were were getting jobs and stuff and I was still like kind of lost and so I, I I definitely felt the pressure but I think that once I decided on a path I just kind of went with it you know what I mean I didn't really mm-hmm. like I don't know that I ever had a plan but I just knew that like oh if I just keep working at this whatever this thing is <laughs> it eventually yeah. will become something else you know right um, yeah 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 <laughs> that's great so. I love that yeah I'm not worrying too much about like you know comparing yourself to others and just kind of like keep on trucking yeah right 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 um and so yeah you know I, I ended up leaving San Francisco and then uh I went to uh Portland for a couple of years and I did freelance up there and uh, did like online like really just stuff that no n- no one should ever see <laughs> <laughs> um and uh you know it was it was awful to be honest like I I, I liked Portland a lot I, I I moved up there with an ex who was working at Leica at the time um and so I ended up meeting um people who were working there and just getting to know even more animation folks um um and 
the thing I hated though the most was that I was just kind of working alone all the time and I sort of realized that like in my, my personality type is just not really conducive to just like working alone I see. um yeah and so I was kind of kind of depressed and kind of like not sure what I wanted to do and and I I remember having a conversation with my ex and being like hey you know he had gone to CalArts and a bunch of my friends had gone to CalArts and I was sort of starting to realize that like my art style was was kind of leaning towards animation and all the stuff I really liked was kind of like all the art I really liked was coming from people that worked in animation um and so I was starting to think like what if I went into that and you know it kind of started to feel like maybe that is something that I could do even though it feels like kind of a pipe dream you know like all these people around me are doing it so why can't I try it out and so I thought okay what if I what if I go to CalArts and I was like well I can't afford it <laughs> I'm not gonna get yeah. in and if I can't mm -hmm. and if I do get in I'm not gonna be able to afford it you know so I was kind of you know um I kind of like on a whim just like went on the website and uh, uh for the for the school and um it was like two weeks until the due date for the portfolio <laughs> <laughs> and so I like I like for my sketchbook submission I like took a bunch of drawings uh that I already had just like because I'm horrible at doing sketchbooks like I, I'm it's impossible for me mm -hmm. um and so I uh I uh <laughs> I pasted together a bunch of drawings from a bunch of different sketchbooks and like random stuff that I had drawn over the, like the last two years or something and I just paste literally like hot, like glue sticked it into a sketchbook um and uh I sent that off and then I got in and then I was like oh shit <laughs> I got in and then uh uh I was like well I can't afford it but then I ended up getting a scholarship um how did you get the how how was the scholarship application like how did you um... well it uh I, I don't know if it's like this anymore but at least, but at the time when I went there it was like every single uh character animation student got a scholarship to uh, of a certain amount and then if you like uh could show that you had like more financial need um they would give you more so I did like this crazy spreadsheet <laughs> um of like I need more money and like begged them and then oh wow uh and so I was able to go for two years um <clears throat> and I knew that that was like my parents at that point were like look like you know we'll help you with like rent for like a student apartment or whatever there but like that's it like you have to figure out every all the other expenses and then like after like we can only do that for like so long basically so I knew that like I I knew that I wasn't going to be able to um go there for more than two years. And so I, I, uh, you know, went there with the, with the express sort of intent of like leaving as soon as possible. So okay. I went for two years. I was 24 when I started at CalArts. Um, and then, uh, I went for two years and then was lucky enough to get an internship at Cartoon, at Cartoon Network on regular show. Um, nice. and then, uh, through that internship, sorry. Yeah, how was the internship like, by the way? Like, how 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 was it like work, uh, being kind of like the day-to-day -day or what were your duties and kind of how did you make use of that internship? It was it was cool. I mean, the, the thing about like that that kind of internship is that like it's very much like a like a what you make of it kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like a creative internship. It was like a getting coffee for people kind of internship. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
And uh, so what I kind of did was I, I just, I sort of just tried to like go around to as many people as I could and like ask questions um, and be like, you know, I, cause I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Like when I was in school, I sort of discovered, I always thought I would go into like design or like, you know, biz dev or something because I came from an illustration background, you know? And so I was very used to doing like finished pieces and right. You know, that was sort of my wheelhouse. But when I was in school, I kind of fell in love with story and I, and I, I didn't really know, like if I, I still, I I still think at that point, I, I really didn't feel confident enough that I could do storyboards at all. Um, and so I kind of, uh, you know, was asking around at this, at this internship, like to people, like, what do you like about your job? Cause I also really like editing. Like I love, I love editing and I love, uh, like compositing and stuff. And so I was like talking to the editors and talking to, you know, the writers and the, you know, whoever at, at the studio and kind of being like, you know, what do you like about your job? You know? And, and, um, through that, the art director on the show um, ended up uh, getting me hooked up with a test for Powerpuff Girls. Cool. Um, and I and I sort of took the test with like the intention of like, okay, I'm just gonna like use this for my portfolio, right? To get better or whatever. Um, and then uh, I got the job <laughs> as <laughs> nice. the board artist before the end before the end of the two years. yeah yeah right after the second year of school yeah after the first year I went on a crazy road trip that's a story for another day I went on like I wrote I drove all the way from Los Angeles to New York City and back over the course of like three months it was wild um but yeah I was like it was my summer between after my second year and then um I got the job I quit school (laughs) and then uh you know I became a board artist and then (laughs) That's um, awesome. Yeah. How do yeah, how was yeah, that's really awesome. I, I love that. How was it doing boards for the first time, like in a production setting? <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Um was no, it board it, board or script driven? I forgot. It was board driven. Mm. Um it was it was good. It was a really it was a really good learning experience uh you know I obviously now I like thinking back there's things I would do differently but at the time I think you know it it was it was definitely like it was a combination of like incredible learning experience some painful some growing pains Mm -hmm. um and some also like you know hard realizations about like what the what the job entails you know um because boarding is not a joke boarding is not a joke for real I I feel like uh well maybe one day I'll do an episode that's like really about what boarding really is because I I realize like a lot of people don't really know what like the nitty-gritty of boarding actually is because it's like it's a lot of drawing and you start from pretty much nothing (laughs) yeah I mean, depending if you're doing scriptive and you do have a script, but you do have to come up with a lot of ideas and you can't just rely on the script. Right. And you also like, you just, as a board artist, I don't think people realize like, like at least when you're starting out, it's, I think maybe hard to really grasp that like you have to wear so many hats. Like, yeah, you can't just like be good at drawing or like know how to draw like a shot that you yes. see you know like you actually have to like know how to compose things and how to how, what shot progression is and you know what uh what shots evoke what emotions you have to understand acting you have to understand comedy and timing and it's just like there's just so many things that you have to do 
yeah as a board artist that I just think it's like I think oftentimes like people even in the industry don't always understand it fully you know what I mean no I totally agree um, I feel it's like I mean depending on the level of it I feel like I feel like honestly, like as a board artist, you're actually like a mini director. Like no matter what, no matter what production you're on, you're always going to be a mini director just because you, you, you make so many decisions for each shot for the whole sequence that you're assigned to. Yeah. Um, or at least that's what a storyboard job posting wants. They want a mini director. <laughs> right 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 it's true it's totally true and it's also like you know um it's also like you kind of just like if you want something to be good you kind of just you do need the artist to be able to do that you know like yeah yeah unfortunately (laughs) like I mean not I guess not unfortunately because it's like once you learn how to do it it's 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 quite fun you know but um yeah it is I I agree I feel it's like it's like you at the beginning it's also kind of I don't know depending on what type of personality you are you know like at the beginning it's so much learning it can be either discouraging or it can be also thrilling because it's like you're learning so much with every single shot you're doing uh the learner the learning curve is like no joke but then once you do get over that hump it's kind of like oh well now this is much easier but also you kind of I don't know there's always like another uh another part of boarding that that is uncharted territory and there's always something to learn I feel like um but um after so how long did you how long were you on um Powerpuff I was on Powerpuff for two years yeah two years two seasons nice um, and then uh and then the show itself ended like they mm. you know, after the third season the show was was it came to an end <laughs> um and then uh after that I was I was out of work for like I don't know a couple months and then uh I got a call I was I was actually hanging out with a with a buddy of mine um who was like oh hey um I'm working on this new movie at Sony right now um with Mike Rianda and Mike Rianda was uh he I had actually met him years prior in Portland for the first time but I also he ended up being my story one teacher at CalArts mm-hmm. um and so I was like he was like this my friend was like do you want to come work on my film he's like looking for board artists and I was like I mean if he wants me to come work on it I absolutely will and then um a couple and then also the head of story was my buddy Guillermo who I'd actually met in Portland and mm-hmm. so um then I got a call like, a couple weeks later being like hey you want to come it wasn't even a couple of weeks later. It was a couple of days later, I think. And they were like, "Do you want to come work on this movie?" <laughs> That's so. And I was cool. like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> By the way, for people listening, we do have a an episode with Mike Rianda. Uh, so if you're listening to this episode, you know which one you're going to listen to right after this interview. <laughs> uh, that's so cool. And how was so? That was just a couple of days between the moment you guys were talking to when you got the call. How was the interview process like? Um, I didn't really do an interview. Oh, cool. No, that's, you know, that's the best kind, right? Like when you're just like, you got the gig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's also, it's, it works, you know, the interview, you knew it's because I knew them and because Guillermo, you know, they, you know, Mike knew my boards, Guillermo knew my, 
Gearman knew me really well at that point, you know, it was like they knew who I was as a person and they knew what I was capable of. So there wasn't really a need, I don't think, at that point, you know? Right. Yeah, um, totally. Which I think just kind of happens. Um, at, yeah. so, at, at a certain point, like, I, I do think it's like, it's difficult to break into the industry, but once you sort of, um, once you sort of get the hang of it, uh, and you sort of like start getting a couple of jobs and you start getting to know people and they start to know who you are as a person, they know how you are to work with, like it becomes, you get referrals and stuff. You know? I agree. It's something that's like, it's something that's like, you, you definitely have to know the people here or like have worked with them. I think for me, when I like moved from, from France to here, it was kind of like, I kind of did have to um, start from scratch because people hadn't worked with me or they didn't know me so I still had to like take a lot of tests and stuff but mm -hmm. after a while like you said like after a couple of years people start being like oh yeah I know this I know this person they're they're nice <laughs> like you have to you have to be good at working and also a good individual which is you know it's not that hard to be a good person but it, but it yeah. matters a lot <laughs> I do think that like there's kind of a misconception about like the sort of like nepotism aspect of animation sometimes like there is that doesn't that definitely happens to a degree but I do think that like the reality is that like animation is so collaborative mm -hmm. you want to work with people that you want to be around and yes, that you and yeah. that you know are collaborative and so oftentimes like the reason that that happens isn't because people are like oh I just only want to hire my friends it's because people are like I want to know that I that this is somebody that's a quality human being that I can sit with for a year to three years and it's gonna and we're gonna have a good working relationship you know yeah, it's really like something it's funny because it's something that I've heard also like on on the show that I was on previously it's like depending on how long the show's gonna be like uh the show I was on was gonna be like a five-year type of deal and it's like you're gonna be seeing these people for five years you want to make sure you pick people that you're gonna be excited to see for five years right right no <laughs> absolutely absolutely and yeah. you know it's it is what like it you know it's kind of you know it can be a negative aspect to like breaking into the industry but it actually can become a real asset once yeah. you've kind of gotten in for a little bit because you you can start to build rapport with people and you start to know like these th this person it's really is really good to work with and I and I know like in and you have like a Rolodex of people you can call on when you're like I know like oh I have this very particular project and I have people in mind for it who I know are not only skilled artistically to do the job but they also um are good people that I are good to work with you know exactly um, and I, I think that's kind of like it gets missed in the in the top in the discussion about nepotism <laughs> that's true I feel it's just like it, it's in it, you know it's also just like I I love working with new people but like you and I have been like directors for a while now and it's like working with a new person is also a lot of fun um but it's also like there are a lot of um uh unpredictabilities that come with like someone that you've never worked with so you have to for as a as a supervisor it kind of puts a little bit more uh weight on your shoulders because it's like well uh how does that person manage their schedule what is their preferred mode of communication are they better with like calls or emails or like in person are they kind of like uh how do you, how do they take notes what's the best way to talk to them and then and then what is the kind of what is the work 
that they will turn in, what is their favorite kind of work to do, is it more action, is it comedy, what are their strengths, and that takes a while to learn. <laughs> it, it totally does, and especially in a TV environment, when you're like, yeah. when you're, you're like, you're up against the wire, like, from day one, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, you, you don't always have, unfortunately, like, I, I wish it wasn't like this, you know, I, it's, unfortunately, you don't always have time to, like, train people, or, like, have time to, like, you know, do that sort of due diligence you know you kind of have to like know that they can do it <laughs> yeah exactly no yeah. exactly it's really like because uh, after a while like once you learn how to work your team you know you can kind of like uh strategize around like everybody's like strength and weaknesses but uh it's like it definitely is it it means that you have this trial period where it's like well I know this is gonna we'll see if I made the right decisions because you're kind of like it's kind of like a shot in the dark these like first <laughs> um, but um I gotta have yeah. John Spider Noir in such a long time this is like really I know I tried to like draw him on the previous page and I was just like this I it's dude I ha- <laughs> yeah I haven't drawn for like the past year because we were like working in blender so I was, I was just like oh shoot I'm so rusty for <laughs> anyone who's rusty. like anyone who's listening on the uh, on spotify or, or or itunes or whatever um check out the youtube video to see a straw <laughs> to see our scribbles um yeah so so you started on uh, on mitchell's and the machine that was your first feature uh how long how long were you on mitchell's for like a year and a half i think that's generally like how long most people are on features like because i feel like this isn't like or at least my experience at Sony, like for the most part, like most people stay on a feature for like about a year and a half and then like, you know, move on. Some, there usually be like one or two people on the board team who will stay the whole time, but most people right. will like roll in and off, you know, over the course of the feature production um, because they like, they just like re-board everything a bunch of times and like try new things and new stories and stuff. Um, yeah, a year and a half is pretty, it's actually pretty fast. Um yeah, I mean, I came on and, like, there was already, like, a version of the movie boarded, you know, so. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, good. I yeah. feel like it's good, kind of, like, when there's, like, a little bit of, like, the boards that have already been done, because then you're, like, people are starting to get a little bit more of an idea of what they're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> At the beginning, it feels very much like, it's blue sky, do whatever you want. And then it's, like, mm, uh, okay. It can be difficult, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends on like how you prefer to work you know what I mean like some people really prefer to work like with a full schedule some people prefer to work like or like with a full script I mean and some people prefer to work more blue sky you know I think it's right just kind of like depends on like your your preference as an artist yeah exactly yeah um, cool. yeah so I was on that for about a year and a half and then I ended up kind of like jumping around a little bit and came back and helped them out a couple times on different things and then um I was boarding on I boarded on a couple of things that never made it <laughs> past a certain point um and then I boarded on I boarded on the um short hair love that uh won the Oscar a couple years it was like I was boarding on that while I was doing um, Mitchell's at the same time and then um yeah that won the Oscar for best short right it did yeah yeah um and then uh I was on vivo for a while for about six months i started boarded on vivo um which is on netflix and then i started on spider-verse how long were you on spidey uh same about a year and a half oh wow yeah 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 maybe a little bit longer but just about that 
And for, um, if that's okay to ask, like, um, what did you do after Spidey? Kind of like, how did you? Because, because then you went on to directing, and kind of, how was uh, your? Were what was the thought process behind it? Were you like, well, I kind of want to move on and direct, or was it just kind of like you had been at Sony for like uh, long enough, or kind of? Well, a few things happened. Um, I while I was at Cartoon Network, I sold a show idea, so I was in development uh, for about five years on the show. And then uh, while I was doing that and like, while I was at, you know, working at Sony, what ended up happening is I started like, I started getting invited to a lot of brainstorm meetings for a lot of films and TV shows that they had in development. And I started sort of like developing a relationship with that part mm -hmm. of the studio. And I would help out with development a lot. And um, oh my God, is that Katie and Jade? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Katie Mitchell. Um, I haven't drawn Katie in a long time either. I'm not sure. Let's see. Uh, I um. So uh, yeah, I worked on. I I I would I would basically like get called in to like help brainstorm on you know scripts or feature ideas or TV takes or whatever. And I sort of started to realize that like I actually had something to say. <laughs> like even mm -hmm. when I sold my show, like it was really surprising to me that anyone even like wanted to buy it, you know, because it wasn't something I didn't like go to them and pitch. Like they asked me to pitch mm -hmm. and I was like, they were like, do you have something that you're working on? And I was like, I do, but it's like just for myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's not like something I'm doing for like, you know, um, yeah. For like, you know, for production or whatever, but they were like, let's take a look at it or whatever. And so I, I pitched it and it ended up being like, they liked it or whatever um and so uh it was kind of like this weird this weird it was kind of like a weird moment in my life where I kind of I think for the first time realized that like I actually had like value as an artist if that's that sounds like sad to say but it was kind of like it was just kind of the case for me um I know and, what you mean though it's like it's like a tough thing to read like I don't know I feel like so much of like working in animation and working in this business is like you have to be a good artist and you have to be good at making you know at executing other people's like vision that right you don't often think about like do do I have my own personal vision <laughs> Yeah. right right and you know because I had this very like kind of wind about way of getting into animation like I think I always just felt like I wasn't very good you know mm, I think I always right. just felt like even though I was getting work and like you know whatever I always just kind of felt like I was lacking in some way or that like my like that you know that I was I had really bad you know sort of imposter syndrome and I really kind of felt like okay I'm not you know um are you really an artist if you don't have imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, and it was, you know? it was, it was, it's rough. I still have it a lot sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I'll yeah. be like, damn, like, I'm, I'm, nobody really likes what I have to say or whatever, <laughs> what I'm doing, you know, whatever. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think, you know, what, what ended up happening is I started getting invited to these brainstorm meetings. And, and what I kind of realized is that you know, growing up, like I was moving around all the time as a kid, you know, like I, I was always, you know, uh, having to make new friends, mm -hmm. like every single, every two years, basically, because I, you know, didn't have a consistent home base. I was always moving. And so, um, I basically like kind of had to learn how to assimilate, um, yeah. like everywhere I went, 
and mm-hmm. it kind of like it what, what ended up happening is I developed like kind of an obsession with like um I kind of developed like an obsession with like understanding who people are and like what makes them tick and like what you know what what makes people behave the way that they the way that they do what makes people like feel a certain way you know like I got really really good at reading people you know and it was like a survival thing you know what I mean like it was like I needed I needed that so that I could like assimilate with all these like different groups of people all the time when I was moving um and like when I started going into these brainstorms at Sony what I realized was like I actually like really understand character (laughs) Mm. and like and it because of that because I like spent like so much of my life like you know trying to understand people and trying to understand what makes people the way that they are and so I would be in a story room and I'd be like oh this character does somebody would be like oh well what if the character does this and I would be like well you know if I was that character like Mm. I would probably do this because of this because of this experience and because that would have made me feel this way and like Mm -hmm. you know whatever and and what I discovered is that people were like oh my god that like makes so much sense and I was like and and to me it just seemed really like of course that's what it is like yeah yeah, yeah. but I think it's just because I spent so much of my life (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. analyzing that kind of stuff you know so to me it just felt really natural and obvious and so like that kind of started to translate into like oh like I can apply this to story in a way that I didn't really expect to be able to and it just like I started to realize like, oh, I actually like have something to say about like the human condition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like that is sort of like where I kind of found my voice, I think, where I was just kind of like, okay, like I think I know, I think I have something to contribute to this industry and to the storytelling as a whole. Um, and that was like the the moment for me, I think, where I started to feel like confidence for the first time. Um and then, uh, you know, I ended up getting an agent or a manager, I mean, and, um, you know, she was sort of the one who kind of like was help was like the catalyst for like, you know, you, you can do these other jobs, you know, like, <laughs> like you're, you're capable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. Um, I feel like this is something that like, we don't talk about enough uh in in animation or at least on social media and animation so like having an agent is so important uh to someone who wants to have a career moving up like if if I feel like if someone is like content being a board artist or being like in a designer I think that's great and in that case like having an agent might not be as like necessary but I definitely feel like if you're a person who wants to eventually move up to like directing, supervising, directing, producing, all of that, like having an agent is like very crucial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think I would have gotten like like a fraction of the opportunities I've gotten without her. And same for me. It's like I I remember like uh, um, I was like I was like I've been boarding for ten years. I kind of want to uh, try directing, but it was really hard to get opportunities directing because there's not that many roles yeah and yeah yeah, having an agent really puts you on the map in a different way it totally Um, does it really does um yeah that's so cool and that's kind of how you were kind of like working 
with her on the side kind of like preparing these opportunities uh as you were also kind of like uh looking for uh directing opportunities and or maybe also because sony didn't have those opportunities would you say in terms of like yeah i really love sony a lot and like i hope to work with them again it, it was just like and and they were they were honestly like in they were uh incredibly supportive of like me moving up in the industry like truly like i'm the the the, the confidence that sony allowed me to build was like priceless mm-hmm. um when i oh, but they definitely like you know it was it was mid-pandemic like there's not really like a lot going on you know like feature was you know struggling during the pandemic because there's no because the theatrical releases were stopped and stuff so mm-hmm. um it was kind of like what ended up happening is uh they offered me an opportunity them and uh, and Mike Rianda offered me this opportunity to direct a uh, short uh, for the Mitchell's DVD release. Um, and uh, it's, it's about uh, Katie and Jade. <laughs> it's like a short, it's a live action film, actually. It's a live action puppet short about like Katie and Jade's relationship, but like through, the, it's a dog cop short. <laughs> um, and so then that was really amazing. And I'm like super grateful that they let me do that. But I, um, so I did that and I got, it was like my sort of like dipping my toe into directing. And then it was just kind of like, they were like, we don't really have anything left here for you right now. Like we don't have like opportunities for you to like move up or anything like that. And like, you know, uh, so, at, but at the time I was also interviewing like for a few different directing jobs at the same time as this was going on. Um, and um, I, I had, or at the, at, by the time that they had sort of like, let me know, like, Hey, I don't, we don't know if we have anything like, upcoming right now I had already accepted a job to go direct because of that reason because I just knew there wasn't that much going on at the studio and it was just kind of like it just not at least for me like at least like something that would work for my sensibilities or for what I was wanting to do um and so uh I said my goodbyes hopefully temporarily (laughs) to Sony and uh, I went off to start directing an adult show um and I'm now I'm directing on a different show that's awesome. Do you feel like, uh, would you say, I, um, well, we'll get to the questions after that shortly, but like, what would you say are kind of like the, um, the hardest uh, things about directing and the things that are the most fun? <laughs> hardest things about directing. And um, how does it differ also from storyboarding, you know, being on the other side? yeah storyboarding storyboarding is hard (laughs) storyboarding is like super hard um I think um directing is different in that like you have your you have your hands on like a lot of different things um you have your hand on like the overall story rather than like being focused on just one sequence Mm -hmm. um and you so but I think that the thing that people don't realize when they you know want to move up in animation is that like you really do need to have like people skills (laughs) you kind of like because you have to manage people you know Mm -hmm. you have to like you have to help them you have to give them notes you have to like you were saying before like understand people's I feel like you know we've talked about this I think before like you have to have you have to have some ability to tap into like who the people on your team are, what they need, um, you know, uh, what their strengths are, what their, what their weaknesses are, you know, 
whatever, what have you. Um, and that's not easy. And it's like a different job entirely than storyboarding. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I feel like, uh, I think, yeah, the people aspect is like so big because, um, yeah, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if you, I think you, you, you had probably like a different, uh, experience because you're, 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 I think you're very good with people. Uh, for me, I kind of tended to think like, well, everyone kind of works like I work. And then you're <laughs> like, oh, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> we, and I think that takes like a little bit of time to adjust. I think is like most artists kind of like fall in that pitfall of like, oh, it's true. Like, you know, yeah. uh, we don't work all the same. We, some people like they don't have anything to show until the very last minute it's just how they work some people they need deadlines other people prefer no deadlines other yeah yeah it's true it's true people yeah everyone's very different some people like yeah it's it's so true and it's also like some people need more notes and some people need less and some people like you know need more direction some people need less direction you know it's just really like yeah it also like a lot of times comes down to the sensibilities of the show. Like some people, like you have, a, you'll ha sometimes you'll have a board artist who just like really, really gets the style of the show in a way that like you just you can kind of be more hands off. And then sometimes it's like the, you might have an awesome board artist who, um, it's not this their sensibility, and so you have to like help them find it, you know. And there's just like it, it just you have to sort of kind of budget that into your <laughs> into That's your like understanding of the process, you know. That's so true. And I think, yeah, you're touching on to something that I, I wish people were talking about more that I rarely hear anyone talking about. But the so when going on the show, there is clearly a style like like a design kind of style. So yeah, you're gonna like learn how to draw the characters and then you can draw them. And then you're gonna you're gonna learn kind of like um what's what the the ep is kind of like better but then there's like this whole like filmmaking that's dependent on the show and it's kind of invisible because it's kind of like which kind of shots do you favor over others or what kind of pacing do you favor mm -hmm. uh and that's like such a big part and sometimes I feel like there are shows where people are just like well that's just a sensibility and people just kind of have to get it and it's like no you can teach the style of a show uh but it but but definitely there's like this moment when you have to like learn that style like learn that filmmaking style or, or tone um I definitely think you know what I on that kind of note I think you're right I also think that um unfortunately I, something that I wish was a little different in our industry is that I think that I think that a lot of times potentially because a lot of people that are going into leadership positions like are coming from an artistic side and they aren't, aren't necessarily like given managerial training mm -hmm. like like I think a lot of times people go like well they don't get it like immediately after like one day or like yeah. one month or whatever and you're like well they're not a right fit and it's like you know that like one like you you should communicate with people number one yeah. like mm -hmm. when they're not getting things right or like you know try to work through it with them but also like you know if somebody's not getting something like sometimes that just means you need better communication <laughs> yeah you so know what true. I mean like yeah that's so true I feel like it's something that is kind of like um 
but it's kind of interesting right like because so, sometimes there that is true you'll have artists that will just instinct instinctively uh get the style of a show and others that will need the style to be explained to them um but and then yeah it's nice when somebody can like lay it out <laughs> like this kind of shot <laughs> yeah this is like when you cut this is how you make the joke shine or like this line reads like a joke it's not a joke play it seriously like all that kind of stuff that right is... I'm like you know you can't just expect people to read your mind and know exactly what you want you know like you kind of have right. to like you have to explain it to them and like what and sometimes you need to give them the why you know yes like, yes I just think that like I, I think people sometimes miss that because they're like they're so focused on like you know just getting the job done or whatever and I and I'm like you know that's cool and all but like also you know if you if you're the director of something or or you're the showrunner or you're directing a feature or whatever like it's your job to like make sure that the people on your team understand your vision yeah you know and like if there if people aren't understanding it and like you're seeing it and they're not seeing it like maybe it's time to like just take a take a second to explain it a little bit or like really dive deep and like communicate you know yeah um, and I think that like I've had bosses who are really good at that and I've had bosses that are not very good at that you know <laughs> so yeah I think it's like I think it's yeah same for me I would say it would be probably something something like a 50 50 uh um so you when getting on the on the new show I think it's always good to be on 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 the lookout not you even as a board artist to just kind of try to really look for indicators of what uh could be the style of the show if it's not being like laid out super clearly yeah um and that's and then I think that the flip side of that is that like if you're a board artist or you're somebody on a show like you should be asking questions <laughs> yeah yeah you know like definitely like it's not all on the directors it's also on the people who are on the team to like make sure that you're 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 trying to understand and that you're trying to um bridge any gaps that might be happening yeah yeah and um what would what would be um what you think is the the fun part of like directing I mean there's a lot of aspects of it that I like I mean I I think because I I I'm I find that I'm I'm, I'm better as like a macro person like I like touching yeah. like the overall story arcs of stuff and like you know connecting the dots between things like I think I like that aspect of it like having more control over like the overall story mm -hmm. um so that's probably like the funnest thing for me um when it comes to like the job itself um I also just really like helping people and like helping people find what works for them in my last job I had a lot of board artists who were um it was like their first time boarding and um it was like surprisingly gratifying for me to like see how like how much they grew as board artists and like um hearing them tell me that they were learning and stuff was like incredibly like I actually really loved that aspect of it yeah um, that's really sweet it's like okay it's kind of it's kind of yeah it's gratifying in two senses it's like I help someone but also it's kind of like I actually know stuff like I'm not talking <laughs> out of my ass you know? yeah it is kind of validating it is yeah. kind of validating when you feel like you can help someone and you're like oh wait maybe I have learned something over these many years of schooling and <laughs> working yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. so fun yeah um I'm gonna 
go into a couple of questions from our patrons and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see from our patient Bayan Lynn Spare. What differences did you see from working on TV and then on films as a board artist? Uh, both positives and negatives between the two. Is this just like a general overall question? Yeah, kind of like what would you say are like the main differences? And then just if you can kind of like say like, oh, I think this is the cool part about working in TV. And then I, I think this is the cool part about working in, in feature. And then like, this is the part that would probably be like could need a little oiling in TV or in feature. <laughs> um, I would say they're just very different beasts, TV and feature, um, is what I will say. Um, I think, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kind of come at this from like a boarding perspective, but I think that like feature in feature, one of the major differences like in terms of like the day-to-day experience is that like feature is is um a lot more relaxed schedule wise and tv is like much tighter um so like when you're when you're in feature you have a lot more time to like sit and think and and process and explore and you know because you're you know the film it's going to take about three to five years to make generally speaking depending on where you're at sometimes shorter sometimes not um and uh, if you are, you know, if you're somebody who likes to take their time, like feature is great for that. Um, in terms of, and, and you know, in, in TV, it's like you're, you're like hitting the ground running like so fast, like all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like style of boarding, it's very different as well. Like if you're working in feature, uh, you're going to be the challenges like this the cinematography and like the storytelling of and the you know um making sure that your shot choices are very like story driven and and all of that whereas like in in television it depends on the show really but in television there's a the focus I think is more on comedy generally um yeah, I would say that yeah and clarity probably <laughs> yeah um and and so they're, they're, they're different. They're, they're just different sensibilities a lot of the time. And then like different schedules. Um, the, the other thing I would say though, is that like in TV, you get a lot more ownership over your work. Cause like a lot of the time, like what you're boarding is going to like make it to screen, um, like pretty verbatim, but like when it comes to feature, um, you're reboarding the same 90 minutes for like, you know, three to five years. And so uh, you know, your, your stuff's going to get boarded and reboarded by other people. You're going to reboard other people's stuff. You're going to like, you know, you're lucky if like something that you boarded makes it into the film, mm-hmm. um, like verbatim, you know, because it's, you, you, maybe your ideas will make it in, but your like your actual boards making it in is, is, is more rare, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So I think like, you know, if you want to have that ownership, like, you know, TV is a better place to be potentially for that. Um, so they're, they're just very different. Like I, I'd say like, I, I think I am more of a feature person at heart because I, I'm my sort of style of like the things that I like to, to do like storytelling wise are, are t- tend to lend themselves to feature more. Cause I, I like, you know, big sweeping stories and lore and, you know, really complex emotional stuff 
yeah that's um, true it's kind of harder to kind of cram that into a uh into a tv show unless you're on the last couple seasons of bojack i guess <laughs> yeah well and you know i think that that's changing because there is like sort of this hybrid thing happening in in animation right now where like you know the, the style of storytelling is kind of like overlapping a little bit more mm-hmm. um but I would say like, yeah, generally speaking, like if you want to like, if you want to tell like a dramatic story and like you want to like spend time like crafting, um, you know, crafting of like a film, like, you know, filmmaking language or whatever, like I think traditionally features where you want to go for that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. They're just different. Like I, you know, also like if you're somebody who gets tired of a project, like after a short amount of time, like feature probably isn't the place for you either you know like because you are just reboarding the same 90 minutes over and over again for like years (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um it can get like it can get like exhausting you know which is I do I also think why it's helpful when features kind of like cycle between artists here and there because like you you get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again it's hard to like come up with new ideas after a certain point you know yeah that's really true I feel that I feel like when you're when you're on your like 27th take of the same sequence you're like what are we doing here <laughs> uh yeah it, it can be it, it can kind of burn you out as an artist just working on the same thing um yeah yeah that answered the questions from at cached art uh because uh we had one from the patron on the discord and we had um that one on twitter as well so i i thought that was like a really great um answer that covers all the points oh cool um, i we have another question from at flippy super uh how do you handle working on projects with such different art styles this, this is kind of fun kind of a fun question um i guess i guess that's kind of something that i think is like a skill that is good for people to develop just in general in their yeah. lives i think because if you're going to be in animation just because uh you just you kind of are just gonna have to work in different styles sometimes um yeah but in terms of I mean like how I handle it um I I kind of just try to like I kind of just try to keep my like here's what I'll say I struggled a lot for many years with like staying loose I still kind of have that problem um but like I think I think I sort of really stayed like tried really hard to stay away from like oh this is my style Hmm. um because you know and I think everyone just naturally develops one over time you know what I mean like you don't like you don't have to if you don't think about it you're still gonna have one (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah 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 it's not gonna matter like (laughs) it's just the way you draw I feel like yeah that's so funny I, I I forgot if we've talked about this on the show before but I do feel like style is just something that like the more you draw the more you're gonna have a style because nobody does the lines like you do for a million reasons (laughs) right exactly like you just because because all drawing is is like is like finding a solution to a problem which is like how do I communicate this idea right so like so like everyone's gonna find that solution a different way and like some people's solutions are gonna look similar (laughs) which is why like some people look like they have a similar style you know but like yeah but like I actually think that like I think it's kind of a detriment to in my opinion to go into the like the world of animation and be like I'm this is my style like I'm gonna do this like I actually I actually found like a lot of friends of mine 
um, who went to school at like the academy and stuff, like oftentimes I felt like, um, you know, they would go like, oh, well, this is my style. Like, and, and that's what I want to do. It's just my style. And I'm like, well, if that's what you want to do, like illustration is fine, but you can't work for a production then, you know, that's like. true. Unless like, you draw like SpongeBob and then you get SpongeBob gigs until the end of I guess life. so, yeah. If that's like, yeah, it's like, if, if, if you're like, all I want to do is work on this, like, yeah. and that's it. That's all I want to do. And like, that's, you're like super committed to that. Then like, that's fine, you know? But like, I also think it depends, if you're a visitive artist, that there's a little bit of leeway there too. Like if you're really, if you're very, very good at your job as like a, a character designer or like a, a visitive artist, like that, that's a little bit different. But when it comes to like, that's a big difference between TV and feature as well is that like, if you're, a character designer or a, a background designer in in um in television you have to style match but like if you're mm-hmm. if you're a biz dev artist oftentimes you're brought on because of your unique voice that's so, very true and that's very feature as well um but story doesn't really have that part of it except i guess story like people will look past the draw the drawing style but they will try to see what's behind the drawing style and see kind of like what the tone that you usually gravitate towards kind of like they're going to see like oh this person draws funny cartoons or this one draws like drama serious kind of right 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 so yeah for for story it's very different the way they look at the art because it's not so much the actual lines it's more the uh, feeling that's behind it whereas yeah like you were saying viz dev it's like oh the shape language the kind of color palette the light yeah right 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 and so like yeah like so yeah I, I but I actually think that like the 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 sort of less you focus on like quote unquote what is my style the more likely it is you're going to find one that's actually good for you because like you're just going to like naturally develop that um so I think like I kind of tried to stay away from that and I kind of like I just kind of tried to stay open, I guess, to like what what the new style of whatever I'm working on like has to offer. And I just kind of like apply my thinking to the style, if that makes sense. Um, totally. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, I think like thinking about drawing as problem solving is probably the way to go. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and that's really what it is, especially for like, depending on the show, if you're like on a show that's like realistic, well, the problem solving is going to be more like relying on anatomy and perspective but if you're working on a cartoony show you're thinking more like silhouette or like um shape language rather like than logic um so it's really just kind of like the type of solution that you come up with is dependent on the style of the tone of the show yeah and I mean I think at the end of the day like it's not like style doesn't matter at all like it does because obviously like you're going to get cast in things like on projects based on like your but style encompasses more than just your drawing right it encompasses like your um your filmmaking style your comedy style your like your your sensibilities around like you know um uh you know drama your sensibilities around like you know even if you're if you're a visitive artist it's something like you know what is, what kind of like painting techniques do you use you know like there's just like that stuff does come into play I just think that like if you're you if you're somebody who's wanting to work in a in a, in a way where you get to work on stuff that's many different styles you kind of have to like keep that openness to your work I think yeah 
sort of stay open to the ability or to the to the possibilities of like trying new styles totally i love that i think that's a great that's a great answer um oh i forgot to ask you uh this is a question we ask all of our guests how do you deal with creative block and when you face it what does it look like for you um well <laughs> that's a good question and also kind of a difficult one to be honest i am i'm i don't know that i'm really great at dealing with creative block to be honest um i think my the greatest help the aid for me in the creative block is like a fucking sorry uh, excuse my language uh, a deadline a deadline helps my creative block immensely <laughs> um I agree <laughs> I, have, I have uh you know I have ADHD and so like it's it's kind of a struggle to be honest like if I don't have if I don't have like a creative drive um or like I feel like I'm I'm losing out on ideas it's it's kind of difficult what I will say is actually this is this is something I, I um an artist told me this one time and I always thought that this was really really smart he told me that um he started to hate drawing after working in the industry for a few years he said because he was like working so hard and he just felt burnt out and like he just hated he like he lost his love for the for the for the job and for the work um and he told me that the thing that he did to get the love back was that he started to literally just like without any agenda without any thought without any like intention he would literally just draw lines on paper like nonsensical lines and like the 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 purpose being um he wanted to um only enjoy the line he was making and that was like the only thing he was focused on for like a while he said he like really just kind of like sat there and like drew stuff that only like only lines that made him happy <laughs> mm -hmm. um and he said that like that change like brought his like slowly brought his love back to for the for the for the work because it was just purely for joy and that's something that I try to think about like like oftentimes I'll like I'll like sit um I'll like sit in my apartment and I'll be like okay I I, I want to like get my you know creative juices flowing so I'm gonna like you know uh I'm gonna try and like sit here and draw this thing you know like recently I've been for myself I, I wrote this like very sad intense poem that I've been like trying to draw it as like a comic and just like for myself like it's not really like for anything at all um and what I'll do is like I'll sit down and some days I'm like oh, I don't know if I like know what to draw here um and so so some I, I try to like keep that guy in my mind and I'll be like okay I'm gonna um I'm gonna sit here for a while uh and I'm gonna just draw like either the character or a, a, a background or something like that makes me happy and not care if it's good or not care if it's like gonna make it into the final piece um and that actually like has been really really helpful um because I'm just drawing to like enjoy the process if that makes sense like and I'm and I know that like it's okay if it doesn't become anything uh, I think that's great especially for like um that's a great thought for people who've been like working a bunch in the industry because I feel like there's a kind of different type of creative blocks right there's the one where it's like you're kind of like 
doubting yourself like am I ever gonna be good and am I ever gonna make something good but then there's like the other creative block that's kind of like the burnout block where it's like like you're saying it's like I don't want to do this I'm tired this is what I'm doing all the time how I you know and like rekindling yeah. this love is it is really tough because um especially for artists like I I really to that a lot because for I went into animation because I love drawing uh drawing is like something that's very important for me and when I don't feel like drawing it's kind of like oh what is my life all about now yeah. I don't love doing this anymore and a lot of artists go through that so I think that's like a really great uh answer and angle on it just like the taking up the pressure and just finding the joy yeah yeah you know I and, and and honestly, like, why are we doing this anyway? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I do think it's easy to lose that. Like, it's super easy to lose it because it, because when you do make it your job, like, you know, you're doing it. It's like you, you suddenly, suddenly you're not just doing this because you love it. You're doing it because you have to, to like make ends meet. And because you like, you have a career that you're, you feel like needs to go somewhere or you have like, you know, some kind of like expectation of yourself or you feel like other people do and 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 so I think sometimes getting back to like the root <laughs> of like why you enjoyed something in the first place is like the way that you get out of the rut you know it really is it's kind of funny we had like a an EP on a show I was on that was like he'd come visit the bars and he'd be like so are you guys having fun I hope you're having a ton of fun. I can't wait to see what you're drawing. <laughs> it's kind of funny situation because you're like, oh, I'm paid to have fun. But then when it becomes a job, the fun isn't fun anymore. It's just kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's kind of like absurd in a I, funny you know, way. That's also something that I think like could is is <laughs> part of something that I try to like I try, I don't know if I, I succeed, but I, I do try to like keep that in my mind as I'm working on my jobs with my, with my crews, like on my board teams, because, and I try to remind them of it too. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, this is just a job, you know, like people will get like, like really down on themselves or feel bad because they like need to take a break or because they need to like, you know, do something for themselves or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like and they get really like upset and like apologetic or whatever because they need to take care of themselves or because they feel like they're not like you know hitting some sort of like goal post or whatever and I try to just be like you know like you're a person <laughs> you know and like <laughs> this like while like we are we want to do a good job here and we want to like make a quality product we also like this is this is your day job this isn't your passion project you know what I mean and like like you shouldn't have to feel like you have to make it your whole world just because it's your job and because you're an artist, you know? Yeah. It's, it becomes really hard because there is a lot of competition in this industry. So it's always that kind of like balance of like how much, when did I, when am I really proving myself? When can I take a breather? When is it okay to perform just at a normal, if, I get the feeling that everybody else is like overperforming and stuff. So it it is tricky, but at the end of the day, I feel like when you've been in this crazy business for a couple of years, you're probably fine. 
Yeah. And I just think like, I actually think that like you make better work when you have boundaries. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's my personal belief. Like I, I, I think that there's like a, I think there for many years, there was like this idea in the industry that like, you just got to put your head down and you just got to like pay your dues. Like, don't complain, like, just do this. Like, just like, you know, just like work your butt off and like, don't like, just be grateful that you have a job. And it's like, yeah, you should be grateful that you have work and you should like be respectful of the opportunity you've been given. Absolutely. You also like, this is your job, not your, like, not your entire being like in in your entire life. Right. So like, I actually think that like that, I think that that mentality is changing and I, and I hope it continues to change because I actually think that crews that take, um, crews that sort of take care of, uh, their people and sort of like, um, you know, uh, allow people to have lives outside and, and respect their boundaries and like give them breaks and like consider the health of their crews. Like, I think those, those, those crews are able to make better work. Like you, if you actually want people to be ultra productive, like give them time to rest, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. give them time to like, like, and, and, and does that require a budget? Sure. But it also, like, if you really are committed to making like a quality piece of work, like, you, you know, you've got to allow your people to, um, you know, have, have a sense of self in the life. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Because if you don't have that life, then it's like you start becoming, um, like, um, like your, what's the word? Like your point of view on the world kind of shrinks to, uh, somebody said that on the podcast I forgot who it was where it was like uh, if you <laughs> if your icon or the drawings that you do is just you in front of a Cintiq then like how do I know you can contribute something else to your project <laughs> that's of- a yeah that's a fair point you know I I you know this is actually that you know this I think maybe this <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this but I think that um <laughs> but like you know I do think that part of the reason a lot of people have been saying to me recently, like, oh, you're like, your career moved kind of fast, right? Like, they're like, oh, you like, you've kind of gone from like board artist to director, like really quickly. And I was like, did I though? You know, like, yeah, like, yeah. I started my career late. Yes. And, and as a result of that, like, you know, it does like the amount of number of years I've been in this industry and how like far I've gotten. Yes. It's a short amount of time. But it's not that like I just jumped into animation and became and like just immediately got promoted. It's that like I had a lot of life experience before I got here. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I and I and I think that if you want to be a really really good storyteller, if you want to be someone who can uh, create original ideas and and say something that like you know uh hasn't been said or or say something in a new way or um you know tell a story that feels new and fresh like those ideas come from life experience like those ideas come from having time with yourself in in the world and observing people and observing experiences it doesn't come from sitting at the computer 
Yeah. You know? And I agree. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that like a lot of times young people get really, really like, oh my God, I just have to work. I just have to work. I just have to work. I'm like, yeah, but you also need to live. <laughs> like, <sighs> like, you know, like it took me a long time to figure out where, what I wanted to do. And it took me, and I still don't like always know even now, you know, and like, I'm just kind of like riding the wave of life and like working really hard at what I do, but like doing it with the knowledge that like, you know, stuff is always changing, you know, and like, it's okay. (laughs) And like, I I think that if, I think people oftentimes get so focused on like the one thing that they want to do or, or where they, they have the perception of where they need to be. And, and I think that can actually be really detrimental to your experience. Cause if you're actually just like, like if you're, if you're working to live instead of living to work, you know, like you're, you're, you're going to end up having the experiences that give you yeah. the fuel for that, all that content, give you that for new ideas, but also to, um, all the fuel to be better at your job. Like, especially if you're a board artist, you know, like you want to tell, you want to be able to like do really good comedy timing. You want to be able to do like, um, you know, to, uh, choose really interesting storytelling shots. Like, you know what gives you that like going out into the world and seeing cool interesting new spaces and and meeting new interesting people who who make you think in a new way or you know uh going on you know visiting somewhere in nature and seeing something beautiful that you've never seen before and using that as inspiration for something like you know those things are what like those kinds of references are what create like the best stuff you know um and and you can't get that from just like a google search of the thing is not going to give you the same experience you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's very true I don't know I just you know and again like I know everyone has a different life experience and like it's you know obviously like there's there's something to be said for for people who are you know putting their nose to the grindstone and really working hard but there's another aspect of that you know and that's just like go out and like you know, find, find, find the thing that makes you feel like alive and like use that in your work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely finding. Yeah. I think as life's, you know, like we were saying also just read before the thing of like, uh, yeah, make finding the thing that keeps you, keeps you, uh, engaged and entertained in what you're making. Do you have any, do you have any goals for the future? Things that, uh, anything you want to plug, anything that you're excited about, um, next steps of your career? Um, I mean, honestly, like my big goal in my life right now is to get to know myself even better. Mm -hmm. Um, like, uh, you know, care for the people around me um in the best way that I can and to like you know if I if I'm talking about like my career specifically I think my my biggest goal is to create spaces where people feel um like their voices are heard and like and and that where they feel like um respected and valued and 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 given like you know and, and allowed to have boundaries and, and allowed to be treated like a human being. <laughs> um, that's, I think that's my like big goal is to sort of like, like I want to tell meaningful stories, you know, but I want them to come from a place and, and people who, who feel, 
who feel loved and, and feel valued and feel um, appreciated. I think that that, that when I think about animation and I think about like films and, and, and shows and like, and all this great content, what, what I also think about is like how many shows get made where like the crews are just so unhappy or like, you know, yeah. situations where people just feel like it burns them out or, or it does the thing to them where it makes them feel like they don't, um, they don't want to do it anymore. Um, and uh, that makes me really sad. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think like the thing I, I would really like in my career is to be able to create like, you know, a feeling that is the opposite of that, which is that like, you know, no, like, you know, we, I think, I think all the, all the really, really, the, the films, uh, the measure of success for a film for me at this point, or like a show is, is, is yes, to a degree, the, the quality of the work itself. But I think, um, I, but more than that, I think it's uh, the quality of the experience that the people had in making it. Right. Because like, yeah. because that is like a, a, a film and a show, those, those are, those are uh, a sum of more than, it's, it's a sum of a bunch of parts, right? And so like you're, and, and then those parts are the people that made it, you know? And so like, I would, I, I would, I would like to see a world where the measure of success of a show or a feature is, is that is taken to account more, you know? And so yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's like my goal is to create a situation where people can say like, yeah, I like what we made, but I loved making it. <laughs> Just, uh, like I read somewhere, I forgot where, but that Vince Gilligan was able to make his hit series Breaking Bad while, while still being courteous to the writing team. You don't have to be an asshole to make something great. <laughs> right, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Like you just, you don't, like you're team. Yeah. Can- can be happy and healthy and you can yeah and I also think that people oftentimes want to work harder for Mm -hmm. when they when they feel like valued and respected and like they're and like they matter you know I agree I I agree with that I feel like uh, I made my best work on shows that I felt the the work was appreciated and mattered Um, because then you want to you want to push harder and make pitch and see that people are happy <laughs> about your pitch yeah dude yeah, yeah. And like, like I don't know if you've ever like I'm sure you have I know like because like we've had conversations about this kind of thing before but I think like gosh like what a beautiful like experience when you are in a room with people and you like you're all so excited about like an episode or you're excited about like this incredible mm-hmm. like piece of writing or like a beautiful piece of biz dev and you're all like you're all like pumped on on the possibility um and like cheering each other on and see and being like wow like you did this incredible you did this incredible job and it makes me want to do a better job you know like like that experience is like untouchable and like if you can create that feeling and like have it last through a production like what a what a gift you know yeah Um, for real so yeah I love that. I think this is a great place to end this episode on the positive note that um, this kind of environment exists and we are going to keep making more of them. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's the end of this creative block. Thanks, um, Caitlin, for being our guest and sharing your story. And thanks to our listeners. Follow (laughs) us on Twitter. It's at creative block, creative without the vowels where we ask uh, for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. 
Huge thanks to our editor Clements for editing the podcast and Marie for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron uh, gets, gets you early access to interviews as well as a bonus episode. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, V. Keep being creative and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>